There we go. So I probably not will let that go down the whole five minutes then, since uh, <laughs> it's it's a work in progress. This is this is only my third one, so. I just think all the mistakes remind us that we're human and make us all feel more relaxed. So I'm all about mistakes and people flubbing their lines or tripping when they get on stage, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the only bad mistake so far was not having the audio set up right on the Brian Freeman one because. Oh, no. Luckily, Brian Freeman and I have known each other for years, so we just kind of sat down and had a chat. It was fun as all get out. Um, but yeah, he's also probably the one person I could totally screw up with, and they're like, that's not their entire impression of me. Right. That's good. What else we got going on here? I did finally get a hold. Um, I finally read uh, Untrained Luck today, oh, great. which I won't talk about a lot before we officially start. But I loved it. All I'm gonna say for now. I, I was I am curious um, if that was what your son had read. That thought yes. Him. Okay, good. That's what I assumed. Yep. I was uh, and I'll tell you right now, everybody that I've in, uh, invited on so far has been somebody that I had read, except for you. Uh, but that's because you were a personal recommendation of my son. When I asked him, you know, who I should invite, he only gave me three names. You were on that list. And so it's like, if it was good enough for him, I, I thought I'd try it out. And I, I have not been disappointed. I'll just put it that way. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> oh, my mic sounds bad. Oh, my husband is getting me a better mic. Hang on. Okay. This will be, I mean, hang on. We'll, it'll just sound better soon. Uh, I can hear you. The only thing I, I'm getting is a little bit of sounds like, you know, like when you hear people talk outside and there's a little bit of air, maybe you get a little static. That's all I've got. Um, another. Your voice another, sounds fine. Okay. The voice sounds fine. Okay. He's got a, a much higher quality mic that he's now bringing in and is going to attach to the desk. So. Okay. Well, the static definitely went away. Oh, well, that's good. That's it's probably just the higher, the higher quality because we definitely don't have any wind inside. No, yeah, and you are you are way way clearer and crisper now. Okay, is this how's this? Well, now we're just you know, well, as he hit you in the face with it. Uh, <laughs> now, now you're just showing me up. So you know, hey, that's all there is to it. We, it, we, I mean, I, I don't use this all the time on all of my billions of interviews that I do per year. We got this for my son's piano uh, lessons when he was doing them 100% on Zoom, and we needed really good quality to actually have his teacher hear what he was doing. Which, so. which I can understand, yes. I just finally upgraded Mike a little while ago. I was using the uh, mic that comes with your webcam on your laptop before, and it was a horrible, hey, you've got a secret uh, ninja behind you there. This is, this is the piano player. Hello, ninja this pianist. George. George, can you say hi? Hi. He's like, I just wanted to, you know, be online. It's all good. <laughs> online, making faces on a webcam. It is, you know, the best reality for a young child. I mean, I make faces. On is is he going to be disappointed that the, the video is not actually streaming at the moment? <laughs> uh, no, it's really just seeing himself. <laughs> okay. Because right now everybody else is just looking at a pack of books and a, a countdown timer that says I got about a minute left. So okay, but they don't hear us yet. Oh, they can hear us. Yeah. Oh, they hear us. Okay. This is okay. that's that's part of the fun is people going like I can hear people and I can't. Uh, in fact, people are already saying stuff. 
Oh, good. What do we got? We got, uh, do click this here. They're going to show up on the screen. I don't know if that's going to show up on the okay, screen. Okay, George, that's enough. Let me go check. Okay, now James is going, he's going and testing it. Market, market testing, field well, the, testing. The audio is great. The audio is great. great. Cool. In fact, now that he's going to do that, I'm just going to screw with him a little bit and I'm going to go ahead and play the intro while he's trying to listen. Now they can see us. All right. And I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but Firona said, hi, Elise, tentacles forever. Yay. Hello, Micah. <laughs> not hiding behind the, uh, not hiding behind the Twitter <laughs> handle. I see you there. And uh, I'm going to go Stev Dab, but I'm guessing it's Steve Dave, maybe. Uh, George, a star. Yeah, so George is a star. I like this one, too. The dead peacock watches us morosely, says Firona's. Oh, yes. This is in reference to my background, which... Yes, uh, which I love. It's it's much better than mine. It was decided that it looked like two dead peacocks because one peacock could not quite fan quite that quite that wide. So there must be at least two um, in the making of this blanket. Well, I'm, I'm thinking by the time you kill the peacock, he's going to fan however you want him to. I, I don't think he's got a lot of say <laughs> in that matter anymore. <laughs> well, also true. And I'm just going to share this one just because I love the username. Totally Recall says yes tentacles yeah that one i don't recognize so oh no i i bet i do know who that is i bet that's carrie we'll see all we'll just have to see at the end of this <laughs> hey you know that's half the fun so obviously uh byrona yes her username is perfection it's carrie so apparently those two know each other yes <laughs> all right well i suppose we could do the actually before the introduction i'm going to do what i call the pre-ramble um Again, my wife says I ramble, so that's what I'm going to do. So if you're watching this on Twitch, which you have to be if you're actually seeing this right now, go ahead and look down below you. There should be a, a follow button. Totally appreciate it if you hit it. Uh, doesn't do anything, doesn't cost anything, but hey, makes me look better. What can I say? Uh, also, at the end, uh, not right now, don't go there now, but at the end, if you click on the About button, that'll show you all the rest of the links. One of those is for the YouTube, where you will be able to watch this later in case you missed anything. Um, and also I'll have all the links for Elise's website, my website, all that good stuff uh, there. And already thank you, uh, Totally Recall, for hitting that follow button. Uh, oh, what do we got here? We got a few more. I'm not even getting to interview you because people are just already taking over here. Uh, <laughs> Retreasure says, love the backdrop release. Uh, Elise, sorry. Thank you, Becky. And then Crazy Fist 89 Well, there's interesting. What are you going to talk about? That's what Crazy Fist wants to know. We will be getting to that. We will be getting to that. Um, so as I mentioned to Elise here earlier, she got a very high rave review from my son. Uh, I asked my kids when I told them I was going to start doing this for some names of people they wanted me to invite. I realized I know my children very well because out of the five or six names I got, I'd already asked five or six of them to, you know, <laughs> uh, go ahead and join me. Uh, some of them have agreed. Some of them have not. I totally understand it. But my son brought up your name. You're the only one I had not per personally heard of yet. Ooh, and I think we have frozen, by the way, Elise, unless you're just really, really good at holding that position. Oh, nope. Now we've, there we now go. We're, you're back. Now you're back. 
I think we had a little uh, stutter there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, my son totally mentioned you. And as we talked about earlier, he had read the, and of course I don't have the actual book in front of me, Untrained Luck. He'd read the Untrained Luck one, which I just read today and I absolutely loved it, by the way. Um, the book that I did read, put that in front of my face because it's the only way to make sure I've got it on the camera. I did go ahead and read Guardian of the Gold Breathers. I totally appreciate that. I, I do want to talk real quick, though. I was reading your bio. bio. And in your bio, it says you credit much of your storytelling influence to a life love, lifelong love of theater. And the one thing, because everybody always has some questions for the writers, and the one thing that it made me wonder about this, do you think that this helped you more with dialogue because um, so much of theater is dialogue? Or do you think it helped you more with painting the picture? Because in a theater, you've got sets and stuff like that, and you know that you've got to convey with a picture in your mind to the reader in such a way that they can follow along? I would say kind of um, answer, the, a third answer, I would say it's the, the, the high drama and the high stakes that is what you have to show when it's on stage. Um, you, you cut out all the uninteresting parts and you show the parts that, you know, have the audience either laughing, crying on the edge of their seat. And I'm, I just, I'm just all about the drama. So I feel like that and, um, yeah, the ability to put a lot of emotion into words, which is, you know, what you're training to do when you're doing monologues or when you're doing a scene on stage with another actor. So, uh, more the dialogue and the high stakes. Gotcha. No, and that's, that's a perfect answer. Um, you definitely, I think, especially in short stories, which seems to be, you know, kind of your forte, you've got to cut all that extraneous stuff out. It's like, you got to hit the points. Um, and I'll, I'll admit it, when I was younger, I don't want to use the word snob because I, I didn't like novels over short stories just because I thought they were better. I liked them because if I had a really good story, I wanted more. Basically, I was just greedy. Uh, but I have read so many short stories since I started doing this. And I realized, you know, sometimes I read a short story, for instance, Untrained Luck. And for the story you had to tell, it was there. It was perfect. There was anything else that you added to that for that particular story, not saying, and I know you're going to have another story or planning to have another story in the same realm, but you couldn't really add anything to that without it just being filler. And so I think you, you hit the story, you hit the high points. Um, also, by the way, Crazy Fist says, love Elise, she looks like a peacock. <laughs> Thank you. I oh. love peacocks. <laughs> yeah, they, the, the peacocks are taking center stage here. Yeah. And also, again, thank you for following. And Crazy Fist also says, my name I have because of 36 Crazy Fists. Okay. Which I'm going to have to look that one up later. I have no idea yeah. what he's talking about. I, I don't know. I don't. I missed the <laughs> reference. Just a shout out to anybody in the audience or anybody who's watching this later who might be an agent. Uh, we do really want to see the novel that's coming out of Untrained Luck. So, you know, at least up. We, we need to see that book in print. I know a couple of your books have been reprinted, obviously, Guardian of the Gold Breathers, uh, because they were originally out by Book Trope, if I remember correctly. That's correct. And I want to read Forecast. I haven't gotten to it yet. I've just got too much on my plate. But I obviously Moonlight and Oranges, as far as I could tell, has not been reprinted. Is that something that you want to look to reprint? And is there anything that you want to tell us about that book since not everybody's been able to see that one? Yeah, so it's it's my first novel. It was when I was really, <laughs> really starting. It's a young adult romance and it's based on my, like one of my favorite Greek myths, Cupid and Psyche. So a lot of 
the time I hear the myth, you hear about, you know, this mortal girl marries this god of love and he doesn't ever let her see his face and then her sisters persuade her to light a candle or a, a lamp and then she goes and peeks at his face realizes who she's married to and because she's broken his trust he leaves the second half of the myth which i was unfamiliar with is that she then has to undergo and pass three completely rigged tests set by his mother aphrodite goddess of love and it, I thought it was a very interesting women's quest, which you don't see a lot of in Greek myth. And I thought, okay, this would be interesting. Let's give him like a really, you know, psycho mom and put this in modern day. And I set it in Seattle, which is uh, my hometown. And I had a lot of fun with it. Actually, it's one of the things I wanted to mention too. Uh, I kind of messed up my intro. I was going to do a little short intro of you. And one of the things I was uh, appreciating was the fact that I'm, I've kind of decided that you are the uh, collector of lost souls. All, all, all of all of your books have you know somebody who's who's lost something. There, there's a hole, and I feel like most of your stories, whether they be the short stories or the novels, it's about filling that hole with with something. It's you know if like uh, Goldbrothers, he's on a quest, but you know he's. I don't think I'm going to ruin the uh, book for anybody, but you know he he has a loss at the beginning. Fine, I won't say it. I won't ruin it. But, <laughs> but uh, you know he's got that that he has that lost, and there's always that feeling that he is looking for something. Um, and maybe it's fantastical and maybe it's set in Tiernanog. Well, actually, I take that back. It's not really set in Tiernanog. We 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 hear a lot about Tiernanog, but you never take us there. But I actually feel like that was part of the fun of that book is that you don't necessarily get to see that fulfillment because that's not what the story is about. Correct. The story is really very much about the journey that he goes on and what he has to overcome. Wow, you got... I will say this. Uh, this is my third one. You guys are way more vocal on this than uh, my previous audiences. Let me see if I can catch up a little stuff here in between Thanks, questions. Thanks, you guys. says you are fantastic at emotion. Oh, thank um, you. And I'm going to shorten some of these instead of having to say them all the time. Totally says, and relations between relationships between characters. I promise I can speak English. <laughs> Crazy also says short stories are better, I think. So, you know, you're allowed to have a different take than me. It's allowed. But yeah, I do, like I said, I've, I've really started to fall in love with short stories more than I ever did. And this is a new one. I don't know this one. Blink a Cheap says they love the mug. The mud? The mug. Whatever you're drinking out of Oh, the mug. Oh, the mug. Yes. They, they are yes, loving yes, your yes, mug. Yes. Okay. So you, so you get a mug fan in there. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, I think I'm going to miss, mispronounce this simply because it looks like a bunch of stuff thrown together. Melisa B. Tickner. Oh, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's supposed to be M. Eliza. I don't know. But anyhow, she wanted to say, hi, Elise. Love your stories. Hi, Liz. Good to hear you. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Perfect. Yeah. So, so you know who it is. I say with a username, Griftkin, which I can barely pronounce myself. But, you know, I... <laughs> Crazy also wants to say, now with the persons where we live in short stories are better. Where we live, the short stories are better. I went met with because of her background. Um, so that was crazy again, because of your background. And Retreasure, which I totally agree with. I think this was a comment that I made earlier. We desperately need that novel. So I think they're talking about the untrained. Oh my goodness. Untrained. Oh my goodness. That, that, so, the, so the novel set in the untrained luck universe, working title is Stand in the Stillness. That is a complete novel. It is 87,000 words, science fiction. Um, I think it's great. <laughs> 
I'm still looking for an agent for it. So um, we'll just see uh, if and when one decides that they are also interested in it. Gotcha. Well, we're gonna we're, we've got people out here that are trying to get this going for you. So we're gonna keep working on that. Thanks I might I might even bug a couple people if I can get them to take my call. All right. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love that short story. I, I want to see Thank the rest you. of that world. That's another thing. Like I said, I haven't read all of your stuff, obviously, but everything every place is set somewhere different. I, I definitely feel like Untrained Luck is not a real place. I couldn't find any of the places that you mentioned in there just to see if it was. Well, I mean, you know, Tiernanog, I know it's mythical. You know, sure, I've sure. got that. Yeah. So I was wondering yeah. if maybe because you mentioned the fact part of your story background is too just global childhood globetrotting. Yeah, mm -hmm. childhood global globetrotting. So I was just trying to see if maybe that was I, I feel like maybe you based it off of something, but it's not literally you know this 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 is in chicago yeah no i so i've had a lot of fun basing things um in middle eastern or similar settings i have cultural background there my dad was born in lebanon and migrated here when he was 17 i i was i've lived here my whole life but the understanding of other cultures and what's important to other cultures and how they might dress or behave or or talk to each other how the customs of how they might treat a stranger have been really fun to weave into fiction and to, to let us uh, see other cultures, even if they're not the ones exactly here, we're still learning about other people that way. No, no. And I, I think that's perfect. I think sometimes you almost have to create that uh, fake universe to be able to have open conversations about stuff without everybody <laughs> without getting, getting offended. Without getting in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, Phironis just wants to mock the rest of us. Um, I have actually read that novel. It's incredible. Was a beta gamma reader. And now we're kicking them out because we don't want to talk to them anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry, Fi. Couldn't resist. Also totally says that she loved the myth to big surprise. Yeah. It's um, a good one. Crazy says, I want to say she does not like it. Does not like look like I look like a peacock, but I loved her background. <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you liz liz just explained to me what her uh what her username was a shortened version of but you already know liz so i'm not gonna bother going on that one <laughs> Firona says i know when i'm not wanted okay <laughs> so i can see fi and our fi and i are gonna be f f good friends if nothing else i uh, love the sense of humor Okay, so like I said, Untrained Luck was the latest one that I read, so I wanted to touch on that one. Um, and again, because I also wanted to get that out there, love to have somebody else do this one. One question I had for you, and I, I think I actually gave you this one ahead of time. You do a lot of stuff on family. You do a lot of stuff on broken things being mended. I, I told you you did a lot of things on, on Lost, um, which is basically a, a, a type of story that can basically fit in any genre. You know, you could do this as just a regular fiction novel. You could even weave this into a mystery novel. What brought you around? I mean, all of your stuff that I've read so far seems to touch on sci-fi or fantasy. Is that just for a love of the genre? Or do you really feel like you can tell your story better in that background? Both. I, okay. I absolutely love the genre. Um, I think that getting to throw in a science fiction twist or magic into a complicated relationship only makes it more interesting and it gives you a different way to look at it. So in my short story, Inheritance, I wanted to deal with siblings dealing with things that were passed down from an older generation, but I wanted to make that really unusual. So they were passing on actual physical skills from the grandmother who had 
somehow distilled them and was able to pass on her skill of baking to her granddaughter and all of the complications that come with things passed down through the family. So I think that it makes it easier to actually create, instead of creating something that's like theoretical or uh, hypothetical, you can actually create something physical <laughs> in fantasy or science fiction to talk about it or, or interact with it. And it makes it easier and more fun. Gotcha. Well, two things I wanted to bring up off of that, because first of all, if you are in the chat here and you're listening to us and you maybe didn't know who Elise was before this, which I have a hard time feeling like that. I feel like everybody who's talked already knows you. I love the fact that if even if you're not a sci-fi fantasy fan, for instance, Untrained Luck, I feel like the sci-fi was the backdrop. The story was still the story, and that story could have been told anywhere else. Sure, you might have had to leave out the acid rain, <laughs> but uh, the actual story itself, what that was about, you really could have set that in a setting. So even if you're not a sci-fi fantasy fan, I feel like they could still read your book and thoroughly enjoy it. The other thing I was going to bring up which has skipped my mind because it's just how I am. I got sidetracked on that. I'll come back to it if I remember it. Okay. Guardians of the Gold Breathers uh, was heavily influenced by Celtic myth. Is that something that you've always been interested in? Or you mentioned that you live in Seattle. Is that just, you know, living in the Emerald City? Is that what got you into Tirnanog? I, I think that Celtic um, myth and I are probably tied to Celtic music, which I grew up listening to. I listened to a lot of Enya <laughs> when I was younger. Um, it, that was one of my siblings was almost named Enya. So it was very popular with my parents. But I think that the reason Guardian of Gold Breathers ended up getting set in Ireland was I literally went on Facebook and said, okay, guys, what is the most magical place on earth that you can name? I want to know where you think is most magical. And somebody said Ireland, and they sent me a picture of Giant's Causeway. And I was like, it's going to be Ireland, guys. This this is, gotcha. <laughs> the story's happening in Ireland. And I was like, and it needs to happen in a forest. And I was shocked to find that there's not nearly as much forest in Ireland as I imagined there was. No, no, there's uh, not. I, in fact, I'm still... I'm just going to throw my wife under the bus a little bit. We had a big plan to go see Ireland for one of our anniversaries. And then her mother decided to go Ireland and took her without me. So she's beaten me to Ireland. However, on the plus side, she gets to show me around all the places when we finally get there. But I absolutely love Ireland. I say as I haven't been there. Um, <laughs> Someday. So, again, I also mentioned to both you and, and we t you talked about uh, the fact that a couple weeks ago I had Sean and McGuire on. You're both from Seattle. And I was kind of jokingly asking you, forecast... And the wayward children both uh, tend to focus on hidden doorways. Is, is there something going on in like Washington I don't know about that you're all just writing these hidden doorway stories or? Well, you see, in winter and a lot of spring, it is so gray. We would like to walk through a door anywhere to be anywhere else. So that could be the connection in the Pacific Northwest to doors. But the reason I wrote about a door was I was um, I was in a writer's group sitting in a cafe. It was one of those write for 15 minutes and then read aloud whatever you just created and I just wrote a scene about two twin siblings burying a key hoping that no one would ever find it and a key goes to a door and <laughs> a key that you're burying goes to a door you don't want anyone else walking through and that just yeah. might be a door that lets you see a future that is completely unhelpful to the seer gotcha yeah definitely got to read forecast <laughs> So Galen mentioned uh, another vote for the novel that we talked about earlier and also yes. wanted to give a shout out to Enya. Go Enya. Oh, yes, yes. Go Enya. Uh, 
Fi also wanted to agree any genre reader could like that story because it's about the people, not the magic. Right. Totally decided to sing Sail Away, Sail Away, Sail Away. <laughs> and Lots uh, of Enya fans here. Jetser War, there's a new one. Enya would love peacocks, sure of it. <laughs> oh, good. And I feel like I'm missing an inside joke here. Uh, Firona says, in-laws, am I right? About, oh, I'm not sure where the, where are we? I, I might have messed where, we messed up where uh, we are the, you know, where, when she said that versus yeah, where yeah, we are yeah. in the talking. Yeah, so. it could be, it could be, if it's, if it's in reference to like, um, my Cupid and Psyche myth, Moonlight and Oranges, uh, she's got a pretty crazy in-law. So gotcha. that would be, that would be where I'm probably where the comment went sorry yes. sometimes i'm trying to watch you but also trying to watch chat and i'm not always keeping up with both on that hey, uh, it's all good uh steve also wants to know what is and i apologize if i'm uh, if i'm just reading that as steve it's one of those others uh put together names uh, what is the easiest part to write and what is the hardest part of stories to write i i would say that the beginnings are usually the easiest because all the ideas are kind of coming at you at once and they're coming so fast uh, in my case, that I'm just trying to get them down and they're often not coming in the right order, but it all feels amazing because you're just trying to get those details to go together and to start working um, and to start uh, creating the tension that you want to carry you through to the end of the story. I think some of the harder parts are the middle because I usually know how I want a story to end. I know the the tone or the theme or the completion of that arc. You know, I want I want the father and son to be able to make peace, even though the father has really, really wounded the son. Or, or I want the the young, you know, teenager to be able to step into their own identity and not have to be in their parents' shadow. I write a lot about family, can you tell? But uh, in the middle, there can be some of this. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they argue, and they, okay, where are they going to argue, and how is this going to not be two people standing in a room and talking, and and what are what are the ways they can stay in action while they are getting to their goal? So I think the middle of the story is the hardest for me to write. That may not have been a direct enough answer. Maybe you were looking for like, are, is dialogue hardest? Is plot hardest? But that's an initial answer. Oh yeah, I, I think there's quite a few aspiring writers who have written the beginning lots of times. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's finishing the book that that uh, takes all the effort. Will Will Marie Seven just wants to know why are you so cool? Oh well, that that's that's hard to quantify. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Just kidding. Tell us more about what's up with the doorways. <laughs> I think over that one. Like I said, I'm I'm catching up on chat here. Oh, and the in-law joke uh, was related to your wife's mother taking your wife to Ireland. Oh, okay. So she was. Oh that, that yeah, was aimed yeah, yeah. At me. That was aimed at me. Got it. Sorry. I totally didn't catch on to that, as you can tell. Will also wants to know, specifically, are you a fan of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell? <laughs> no. I do not like that book. Um, it is not, a, it is not a, a diss on the author or their talent. I simply could not get into it for its length and all of its uh, cultural references. I started to drown because I am a... Um, fast action. I like action adventure movies. Those are like one of my favorite genres to go to. So it needs to move fast. I need to like, I would prefer my, uh, my pulse be elevated. I do not want to be lost in a lot of um, historical details that then I might feel stupid if I don't completely get them or follow them. So it just did not, I, I bounced off of that book. Gotcha. So I, I'm not seeing any like 700 page novels in your futures as I'm guessing. Probably not. <laughs> 
you got to spend a lot of time explaining exactly what color the grass is in those novels, I think, sometimes. And I'm just like, it's emerald if I'm feeling fancy. And Phyronis, again, I think I missed the timing on this one, just said, because she is a tentacle. But I think that may have been an answer to why you're so cool. Oh, yes. Yes. So I, I have, I have, I'm wearing a couple of things. I took my jacket off. I have a, one of my writing groups, We're the Tentacles. And I don't know if you can see it, but I've got this really cool pin. It's Extreme close up. Close up. I don't think you can see it. It's an octopus. And <laughs> I have this good. from another writing group. But anyway, I got too hot and had to take my jacket off. No, no, I okay. get that. Yeah, I actually think I was, I was worried because I'm right here next to the window. I actually may have turned the heat up a little too high. Uh, oh, yeah. For this chat. But, you know, I'm not going to stop in the middle of it and get up and go turn it back down. So I'm just going to love with it. All right. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, obviously, you're an author. We're going to talk a lot about writing. What do you do when you're not writing? What's your what's your quote unquote free time? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I spend a lot of time with my kids. I have an eight year old and a five year old. And so a lot of a lot of it is with them as far as hobbies. I really enjoy swing dancing. I would love to say I do it more, but um, the time to swing dance has passed temporarily. I do swing dance at weddings and occasionally when a, a few swing dancing friends and I get together and we turn on music, take off our shoes and dance in our socks in the hall. Um, uh, so I love, I love dancing. I'm also a visual artist. Um, I enjoy painting with watercolors and acrylics. And I just started getting myself teeny tiny cardstocks so that cardstock cards so that I can paint something very manageable that I can finish in one sitting, um, which makes me less stressed out about getting out all the paints. Does anybody ask you why you're at their wedding? No, I'm just kidding. That was horrible. <laughs> you all just right. crashed the wedding for the music. Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just here to dance. And my wife and I love dancing, but actually the sad thing is, is we, we, she's a nurse. I'll just go throw that out there. So we go, we take some, we take some country line dancing lessons and stuff like that. We go for a few weeks and, and then life happens. And, and by the time we have some free time again, we're like, I don't remember any of the steps. Yeah. Uh, dancing does take practice. I would give it that much. I, I was in the swing dance club when I was in college and my husband and I met through swing dancing friends. Oh, nice. So we have, we've got some of that, you know, when we had all the time in college and could dance like six hours a week or something crazy like that. Yes, that would be, that would be fun. Uh, yeah. Galen wants to know what was the last book you read and for a bonus, I didn't know we were giving out bonus points, but we're giving out bonus points. Did it give you anything you could incorporate in terms of your craft? Okay. Awesome. Um, the, the book I just finished, I like this question was the Napoleon of, the Napoleon of Notting Hill by GK Chesterton. Um, and it has to deal with a lot of really interesting themes. Um, but the one that really stuck out at me is that there is a place in this world for very serious passion and sobriety and taking things incredibly seriously Um, but there's also a place for not taking things seriously at all and laughing at them and that those actually have to go hand in hand for us to view the world properly because on the one hand you can just get way 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 too strict and serious and having absolutely no joy in life because it's all about the rules. And on the other hand, it can go haywire because nothing, nothing is sacred. Nothing is important. Everything is a joke, but, but they both have to go together. So I've been thinking a lot about my tendency to lean into the uh, serious (laughs) and to not laugh at myself generally. And where, where humor is absolutely as much a gift as 
um, serious passion. So I haven't gotten that into a story, but that has been something that is probably going to work its way in uh, pretty soon. Gotcha. All right. So let's see. Uh, give a shout out to Jetser just because I'm a huge Marvel fan. And I'm pretty sure this was in re- re- reply to your tentacles. Hail Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Totally also says she can vouch for the dancing. We took over a hall at a writing seminar and had a lot of fun. So much fun. Jetsers also comes back with, what is your favorite undiscovered author series? Something that people should read more. Maybe some small author that you've read that... Oh, goodness. Um, I, may have, I may have to think on that for a bit and come back to it okay. because I feel like I don't read that many undiscovered authors um i often wait till a bunch of people have recommended it to me and then i read it gotcha which means they're not undiscovered because i want to make sure it's worth my time (laughs) so let me think on that actually that brought i finally i had a question here and i think that's what brought me back uh, that question that i missed earlier one of the things i loved in escape pod we talked you talked about carmen earlier is the fact that all three of the siblings, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to try to do spoilers, but all three of the siblings, they they have the inheritance that we talked about and being able to fill in those skills and stuff like that, but they all react differently to it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and I can't, I apologize. I can't remember the siblings. I think the brother was, was it Marco? Uh, it's Carmen Daniela. And have I forgotten the brother's name? I swear, I swear it began with an M. Okay, but anyhow. Anyway, uh, uh, Mario, Mario. Mario, oh, I was is. close. I, was, I yeah. was a letter off. I was a letter off. I had, I had most of them. All right. Um, Mario, you know, he's, he almost jumps in and he, because they each get their choice and she kind of, Carmen kind of puts them off, pick what you want. And he is very much, he grabs his to help his work. Um, and Daniela grabs hers, and I think it's much more to help her social life. Carmen is the one that seems to have the, you know, the biggest hole to fill in her life, and again, I don't want to give away the story, and yet she's the one that's almost the most reluctant uh, to actually go ahead and do that and to get those, you know, those pieces filled in, and I feel like sometimes, and again, I don't want to read too much into what you write, uh, what you wrote, but this is how I read it, I feel it's one of those things where sometimes, you know, sometimes people when they're hurting, sometimes they just want that time to hurt. You know, some people automatically go fill their life with stuff and, you know, I need to work because I need to not think about it. Or I I need to go socialize. So I I need not thinking about it. And I feel like Carmen really just like, I need to grieve first. I can do that other after I've healed. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not what you meant. But like I said, I just love the fact that, that all three of them have the same opportunity but they all handle it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think what I was, there was, there was that Carmen has a very, uh, a very personal grief that she's dealing with um, as she walks through this inheritance. But the other aspect of it was this wasn't like as impersonal as here's this chunk of cash, spend it as you will. It was here are these memories that are absolutely flavored by your deceased grandmother and for Carmen, she had the most uh, difficult and rocky um, relationship with the grandmother, and she knew she would be taking part of her into her mind and into her identity, and she was not ready for someone else in her head. <laughs> at Which least I, at the beginning of the book, she's not. No, no, yeah, I, to- I yeah. totally get that. That was, like I said, I, I loved that story. Um, 
I actually, and I, this is not to put down gold breathers. I actually, but of course, you know, I think gold breathers also maybe wasn't uh, written for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's definitely a little more YA, but I loved your short stories even better. I, I really loved both of the short stories I read. Um, which actually leads me to another question. Then I have another, I have a couple can I, of Can I just say, oh, no, can I say for listeners who haven't heard it, uh, the, the story we're referencing with the three siblings is Inheritance. And you yes. can read or listen to it for free at EscapePod. I believe it's escapepod.org. It's a podcast. Um, and you can, you can listen to it for free there. So anyway, continue, gotcha. please. No, 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 actually, I, yeah. that's, that's where I read it. I, I found out later that I could have listened to it, but, you know, I'd already read it by then, so. Uh, the question I had, oh, uh, for Untrained Luck, mm-hmm. I had, did have a question for you. Untrained Luck, obviously, you wrote the short story. Do you feel, I know you wrote a novel. I know it's already done. You're just looking for, for an agent. Did you find it easier to write Untrained Luck when it was an open world and you're first creating it and you're doing whatever you want with it? Or did you find it easier to write the follow-up novel where you've kind of already set that world in motion? You've kind of already got the framework because I exist so deeply in characters and because I do so much work trying to figure out their fears, their ambitions, um, who they want to be, who they fear they will become, um, who shaped them most um, most intimately when they were young. Um, because I have to do so much work there, it is a lot easier to write the novel with all of the character work and backstory done because then I can instantly or more instantly throw them into the the story or the complication I want without having to wonder what are their motivations and what would they do I know that already so the novel I mean it's much longer but was much easier in that way Gotcha. And I'm not going to share this one up on the screen. I know you haven't seen it, but I've been sharing some of the messages up on screens because it kind of has to read both of these together. Uh, Jetzer, uh, and I think this is replying to the, you know, which, uh, how much reading you've done lately must be all the children slows down the reading. What say that again about uh, your, your children, you know, slows down your reading time. You don't have <laughs> quite as much time to read as. Uh... Yes, um, absolutely. I'm a pretty avid reader. I'm not the fastest reader. I do listen to things on audio, but yeah, the (laughs) chasing kids, being with kids. I actually read a lot of children's books out loud for school. I homeschool. So Uh, if you count, if you count the, the, the kids books I read, whoa, like it like doubles or triples what I read a year. (laughs) By the way, public service announcement. My daughter did not tell me until years afterwards. Apparently you shouldn't read the spooky pale green pants to children. It does freak them out a little bit. Oh dear. I don't know how many times I read of that book and she didn't tell me till she was older that that creeped her out. I'm like, you should have <laughs> said thing. something. Um, Just say stop. Exactly. All right. Will wants to say yay dancing. And actually, I think this is going to be a good segue because I was going to bring it up because you brought it up to me earlier today. What are some future projects that you're excited about that you can talk about? which I think will lead us into, and I, sorry, I, I just read it or read about it today. So I don't have the name down. Uh, counter ward. Is that the one? When yeah. Counter, on? So counter ward is a fantasy novel that I am presently working on drafting. I have a rough draft and I'm revising it right now. The world is a world in which paint can be infused with emotion. And our main character is a young artist, um, very ambitious who joins a painter army and begins weaponizing this painting craft um, in order to savage and debilitate the minds of 
his enemies by painting things that make them feel destructive uh, thoughts. So it's a, yeah, it's a story of ambition and what we will do to get where we want to go for the love of glory and what that does to the people around us. That's it. <clears throat> cough, beta reader, cough. You have my email. Okay. Um, <laughs> that wasn't subtle or anything. Uh, and to tie into that, Drowned Prison. Let's not forget about that yes. one. So, so Drowned Prison is a published story that I have that's set in this same um, emotion-infused paint universe, and it's a murder mystery. Um, it's set in a prison, and the the person there, our protagonist, is is there to try to get some of these prisoners out of the prison. And these um, the people who are in there are people who once worked in this painter artist army um, and have been. Uh, have been imprisoned there he feels unjustly because he feels that their their crimes were done under orders um, they were not done in intent intending to violate laws and uh, someone is killing them and he's trying to figure out who before they uh, are all gone that's it uh, liz wants to say drown prison is so good and again i think i'm gonna get along with jets here as well sad paint opposite of bob ross Yes, yes, very opposite of Bob Ross. <laughs> that was not a happy little accident. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Fi also wanted to say that she was proud to be on Galaxy's Edge covers with you. That's right. We were in that same issue together. Gotcha. All right. Um, Will also says, yay, cannot wait. And thank oh, you. Oh, and, and in that same um, emotional paint universe, um, there is a anthology called Gilded Glass, which is coming out June of this year. And yes. it features War Painting, which is another story um, set there. And it's very specifically about the artist joining the painter army and trying to um, audition his way in with making one of these um, pretty dangerous war paintings. All right. I don't know if the print and the ebook are coming out different at times. I did see, and of course, future dates are subject to change. I actually saw a July 19th drop date for the Oh, July. I could be saying I could have gotten July and June wrong. So you very well may be right. Okay. I, I did I did try to look a little bit up earlier. Yeah. So yeah. question for you, and I don't know if you have any control over this whatsoever, because I was thinking about it, especially for, um, and I forgot the name of it already, but the uh, Untrained Luck novel. Uh-huh. Some of these, you've got these short, great short stories, and I would love to see sometimes the short stories because, for instance, uh, Untrained Luck was in uh, Writers, Writers of the, of Future. the Future. Yes, mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, and one that's already come and gone. I mean, you can still try to get a copy of it. But I would love to see some of these short stories that are built in a universe that a novel has where the novel has maybe the short story at the end. Again, that's up between the publisher and everything like that, but... If any agents, publishers, or future authors are watching, that's just my little wish out there is to have a little collection of like, these are all the stories that go together. Like all a bunch of stories that are all from the same universe? Well, uh, for instance, you said Gilded Glass. Um, you oh, have a, you oh. Have, for instance, you have a couple of different short stories, mm -hmm. but you also have a novel. Yes, I would love yes, to see yes. the novels include the short stories at the end. Yes. Uh, uh, that's if, just a personal if, wish. If and when Counterward is published, it does have all of war painting in it. Oh, nice. Um, but but the others the others come either before or after the timeline of the novel. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Fi says, agree on Drowned Prison. That is my favorite. With a purple heart. I don't know if the purple oh. heart means anything other than the fact that she just loves purple and it's a heart, but hey. Hopefully she was not shot for saying that. Um, 
Sorry, Purple Hood joke. I'm military. I can say that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you got to watch out who you offend these days. But like, I, I, I think I'm allowed to say that. I don't know. Um, ooh, Galen said, I loved what you described as your process of deep diving into your characters. Have you ever had one of your characters do something in one of your stories that you didn't expect or refuse to follow your plot? I have been asked this before. And I have an, an answer that is kind of embarrassing because I think it shows what a control freak I am. Um, my characters almost almost always, I'm trying to think of an exception. Um, I, maybe it's because I, I embody them so, so deeply, but it's okay. I'm trying to remember. I have, I, okay. I have hit up a point where I was, I got stuck because I was writing a villain and I was trying to have them follow, you know, their evil, their evil plan. And I just hit a wall and I said, I just don't know why they're doing it. And I had to, I had to, you know, kind of get a pep talk from another writer trying to be like, I don't know. Like I, I, I know they have to do this, but I feel like I'm forcing them. Um, and so in that case, I have had a point where I have tried to make a character do something that they would not naturally do. And I had to go back and really understand what, what, who, what world do they think they're saving? Um, what good do they think that they are bringing um, into this world? Because I cannot write straight up, ridiculous, crazy, insane villains. I, I have to understand why they're doing it. And I have to empathize with everybody, which is a is very problematic. <laughs> but to be um, fair, though, I, th I think that is, or I don't know if I want to word it this way, but that's, that's a luxury of fiction. Um, I think I see enough in this world, or in my previous life doing IT work, where I look at people going... Why? <laughs> people don't yeah. people don't always necessarily have to have a why, I don't think. But I feel they like don't. if you don't have a why in a book though, the readers left like for some reason we want our fiction to make more sense than our fact most of the yes, time. Yes, we do. <laughs> we demand a bit more of it. Um I did the I someone was asking about undiscovered writers and I have I have so many so many writers I love, but I did I do want to I want to give one shout out to, to uh, a writer I know um, personally, and please know that any of you other writers, if I'm not saying you, I'm not picking favorites. I just wanted to recommend someone. Um, their published work is out there. You can read it for free. Um, the story I am thinking of, it's not a book series, but it's a, it's a nice long short story. I think it's a novelette. Um, it is called Quintessence. The author is Andrew Dykstall, and you can read it for free online at Beneath Ceaseless Skies. And it's just one of my favorite novelettes I've read um, in the last year or two. I can't remember when I read it, but it's, it's great. So if you're looking to discover someone new, I recommend that. So I got back to that question. <laughs> I'm so you know, proud of myself. Sometimes you just need time. You know, you, not all, yeah. would you, that's the fun of doing a live chat is you're not going to have all the questions ahead of time. Somebody's going to throw something at you once in a while. I always hate the ones where I know the question ahead of time. And between the time I read the question and the time I actually got to the question, I'm like, wait, I think I have a different answer now. <laughs> like, that, that whole George Costanza thing. That's what I should have said. Yeah. I just dated myself with that reference. I don't care. Uh, just got to throw this out. Totally re uh, did ask a question, but then she threw out that you've already answered her question. So, <laughs> Oh, Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. No, she wanted to know if there was any more uh, work set in the drowned prison. But then by the time I got to her question, you'd already answered that one. I have a total of four stories uh, to, um, 
one of them has been pending for like two years um, at the place that was going to publish it. So I have a total of four stories that should eventually, eventually. See, no, that's that's that. new information. I only knew about three. So, you know, hey, yeah, give it time, give it time. Five mentioned that that uh, makes the antagonists more real when when you have that story behind them, why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, let's see. Also, Liz wants to mention that editors also want the why. <laughs> like, they do. They, it's like, well, but why is he doing that? Jets wants to know what exactly is a novelette? Is it a small, hip, stylish novel? Oh, uh, so I believe the ranges can vary, but often a short story is somewhere like 7,000 words or less. Um, the novellas can get... Ooh, novelettes are like more like the 10 to 15,000 word range. We, we do it in thousands of words, not pages in the gotcha. industry. And then um, like the novelettes might be 20,000 words. So an average novel might be uh, 80,000 to 100,000 words. So you're looking at like maybe a quarter or so, a fifth of a novel length. Um, so it's a good, it's a good amount of reading material if you're trying to sink your teeth into something longer. Um, novelette. Nope, I get yeah. it. Now I don't know if it's a novella or a novelette. I've psyched myself out, but it's well. But who sits around counting the words just to make sure that they're correct on that? Yeah, yeah. I, I quit worrying about what the cutoffs were when they invented bookazine. I'm like, now you're just making stuff up. <laughs> Got those really yeah. thick magazines in the back that only come out once a year. It's a bookazine. It's like, no, it's not. Just, just stop it. Say it's a book. Byronis <laughs> uh, is, and again, I, I may have missed what question this was an answer to. She's like, I was like, she's going to say Andrew because the man is a genius. Oh, that's because she and I both know this author. Gotcha. I do have to say, though, if it's one of those things where, like, if somebody asks you for suggestions and you give them one, everybody else thinks you're picking a favorite. If you give them, like, four or five, everybody who doesn't make the list is like, but why don't you like me? So, so you can't win. There's, there's no way win. to win. You can't win. That's that's why I tried to preamble it. <laughs> All right. Oh, and oops. Oh, so, and then Fi is just also uh, answering questions in the chat for me. So I, I don't even I don't even really have to be here anymore. Um, <laughs> so, but but that's okay because she knew how to spell that and spell the author and everything too. So she she was just helping out on who that author was that you mentioned and what the name of the name. Of the oh, excellent. Was. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for spelling that, Micah. I think the so is. Okay, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Now I'm just curious, is, is Micah a guy or a girl? Micah's a girl. Okay. Well, with Phyronis, I was definitely leaning towards girl, but then with Micah, I'm like, that could go either way, so. It can. Sorry, Micah, that was just for my own personal knowledge, so I can quit thinking about it. All right. <laughs> okay, what do we got? Uh, actually, I think I've covered most of the questions I had. Uh, like I said, you've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline for lack of a better word just waiting to get go out there um did anybody else in the chat have any uh, specific question <laughs> I, I will accept any pronouns okay fair enough fair enough so here's one actually this is a good question so i'm gonna throw that up there galen wants to know what is the question you expected to be asked but never came uh one of the ones i have kind of been waiting to have asked is what is a secret skill that most people don't know you have? Ah. Um, because it's kind of like, you know, you talk about writing for forever and it's great. I love it, but it's also fun to be like, hey, I also do this. I, when I was 16 and a half, I earned a black, <laughs> I paused. Um, I, I earned my black belt in Umyeong-do martial arts. Um, and 
it's been something that I would say I don't I don't practice it a whole lot now, but there's a lot more confidence in being able not necessarily to destroy someone because I am not that big and I am I'm not that strong, but being able to get out of dangerous situations or defend myself. Um, so I have I have a black belt and I, I like to uh, reveal that sometimes. Oh, hey, that's uh, a that's impressive. And B, I completely agree with you. It doesn't matter if you're big or strong, just just the confidence and the ability to defend yourself the average attacker that's probably going to throw them off long enough for you to get away right you know totally get that jets or war wants to know your perspective on the impossible to pronounce fantasy names as in okay so there's worlds out there where authors just kind of mash up syllables and consonants and expect you to appreciate them um i think that in my opinion, there should be at the very least a pronunciation guide and that you're not doing your readers a great service if they look at it and their head just kind of goes, what? Every time they look at the word. So um, if that means like making the spelling a little less fancy, um, great. I also know that sometimes authors are trying to mimic a, a particular nationality and so then they're like trying to create like something that looks kind of Italian because their thing looks like a magical Venice um, and in that case it's understandable just learn how to <laughs> pronounce the the, the, the G-N-I-A weird way that they pronounce it in um, in Italian but um, I, I, I generally don't I try to make mine accessible I've had people read some of my earlier stuff and say I just had to say someone else's name because I didn't recognize the name of your character so I just called her Lisa and I was like but it was phonetic like it's not hard to say <laughs> but that can really throw some readers off so I, oh, I try no, to I get it. Not too hard I will say my wife's name because she's not big about being outed on social media but she's got a completely phonetic name if you read it the way it's spelled you're good to go and everybody mispronounces it because yeah. it looks too much like another name and people's brains just want to fill it in so I totally right. get that Hey, as a person who sits here and tries to read uh, people who've come up with usernames that was left over from stuff that everybody else hasn't already taken, uh, I get that. Sometimes I'm reading stuff, sorry, Liz, and I'm just looking at it going, it's like, that means something to somebody. Well, Fies also she okay. says she's an editor and people have some wacky names sometimes. I think you just have to read out loud. Um, I think a lot of it happens when someone is just writing it and they think it looks cool on the page. Oh. Um, and then and then you read it out loud and you go, wait, no way. Like, no way. I can't do that to someone. Or think about the poor person who would have to do the audiobook. So, oh, yeah. I, I told you earlier, if, if I'd said Griftkin out loud a couple of times, I probably would have picked a different username. Right. Uh, <laughs> downside is, is the username that I've always used before Twitch, somebody took. Uh, they don't awesome. stream. I don't even think they're live, but they took my username. That's <laughs> I to, frustrating. Had to come up with something else. Uh, and Fai says she agrees. Does it look cool or read easy? A balance is necessary. I feel like if you want to make something that's like super hard to pronounce, there's got to be a storyline reason behind it. Because the first thing I thought of when you said that is like uh, any Superman fans here, I'm a Marvel fan, but I've read some Superman. Mr. Mitzelplick. I mean, that's the entire point of the fact is uh, his character is that the name is virtually impossible to pronounce, much less now you've got to get him to say it backwards. Yeah, If you haven't read the DC comic books, it's a, it's a villain from another universe. Okay. And the only way to banish him back to his universe for a certain amount of time 
is if you get to say if you get him to say his name backwards. Okay. And most people can't say Mr. Mitzelplick in the first time. I spent my entire teenage years going, Mr. M. I got no idea because you know we didn't have all the good cartoon movies and you know cartoons and stuff like we have now for the comics. You, I think it's another big thing. I want to give a shout out to anybody who has ever grown up saying a word wrong because you've read it your entire life and never heard oh, anybody yeah. say it. Oh yeah, I've even missed incorrectly corrected someone to say it the way I said it in my head and they were correct and I was wrong because I'd always said it I poignant in my head <laughs> fair enough uh Aylin likes my username appreciate that it's actually just a uh amalgam of cryptkins which is a little series of cryptids that I love and uh grifter which was a fun comic book guy that I liked and oh, I figured cool. I didn't want it to be you know either one of those because you know copyright laws and stuff so i just kind of <laughs> had to make something up which let's face it that's how most names get made up like right. i like that name but i'm legally not allowed to use it oh yeah so jetzer thank you for mentioning that jetzer uh jetzer mentioned fluter flam uh, uh which is how i pronounce it it's just a it's got multiple f's in it it's a kick then i was like why do i know that name and then he mentioned it's from Friday and, and lloyd alexander's chronicles which i actually love that series not to take away from uh, Elise, I'm hopefully I'm allowed to say <laughs> I like fine. other authors. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's like, he mentioned Fluter Flam, and I'm like, why do I know that name? It's like, that would be why. It's just been another YA book. I read it when I was, you know, very, very young. Uh, and there's nothing against YA books, by the way. I have way too much Neil Schusterman on my shelf to uh, complain about YA at my age. Uh, there's some good YA books out there. Okay, so uh, anybody else? We've been going for about an hour now. It's kind of usually where I aim for uh, mainly because I don't want to take up your whole night. And, and secondly, because at some point uh, we just start rambling. But I also like to give everybody, I'm going to give everybody just a few more seconds here. See if they've got any more questions they want to throw out there. I do. I do want to say thank you everyone for coming out tonight and for your questions. This has been really fun. I've appreciated it. I, I do have to say that uh, no, nothing against my previous, uh, uh, People that I've dealt with, but you seem to have been the most uh, interested in this, for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> well, no, I, no I'm, I'm not. I'm saying is like I, I appreciate it. It makes my job easier when I really feel like you're invested in this and you came prepared. Uh, we've had a lot more, you know, back and forth. Uh, I won't. I won't throw Brian under the bus just because I've known him forever. He probably knew I was just going to sit down and, and and chat for an hour. Um, but like I said, I've really appreciated the back and forth, and I feel like I've, that's helped me be more prepared for this conversation than I would have been previously. Uh, Phi does want to know if you enjoy writing dialogue, but I feel like that's already. I love writing dialogue. Yeah, I feel like I that was just a it. bump set to you. That's like, she's like, I'm just going to throw this out there so Elise has an easy. I, I mean, I love writing a lot of things, but dialogue is probably my favorite. <sighs> That's actually a good question, though. I didn't. I don't think I meant to ask you this beforehand. At least I am pronouncing that correctly, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought that was an easy one, but then I've seen so many people with weird names before. It. My last name is Stevens, so that that's the one that tends to yeah. to throw people off because I'll get a lot of Stephens. Gotcha. Steven. Sorry. Meme, meme time. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I said his name was Steven with a with a E H, and so they. Starbucks guy wrote P-H-T-E-V-E-N-S on his cup. I have had Even. people say that. 
they're like Stevens with a PH. So it begins with PH. And I'm like, of course it doesn't begin with a PH. That, that is a meme. Look it up later. I love it. There's a little dog with a bad overbite who became very famous. Uh, his name is Tuna. Anybody's looking up for that. And so somebody took the Stevens thing and then put his face on it because it's like, it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm off. I'm, see, I see, I ramble. That's the problem. Uh, Retreasure one, it says it was an amazing uh, go Elise. Uh, Galen says, awesome chat. Thanks for this. Totally says, great conversation. Liz says, thanks, both of you. I appreciate that. Like I said, if you're worried about missing anything, um, I am going to go ahead and probably later tomorrow, because I like to do a little editing, not much, get most of the conversation, but uh, some of the ums, some of the pauses out, and I will get this back up on uh, YouTube tomorrow. Also under that, like I said, I will have all the links. I'll have the links to uh, Elise's uh, website. I'll have the links to my website, so you can see who else is coming up soon. Um, if anybody cares, any of you fantasy uh, people out there, uh, I do want to say Jen Lyons will be here two weeks from now, so that's going to be the next one. Um, yeah, Fire Runners is throw, throwing out the links here. Perfect. I didn't even know I had that turned on. Ah. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with what Fi posted up there, but you know, I, I probably need to make sure I <laughs> make sure I have to authorize those links uh, next time. I don't want somebody posting something there they shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, I will have the Beneath the Ceaseless Sky. Uh, basically, anything that we mentioned, I try to put a, a link out there for just so somebody can follow along, whether that's another author or, uh, like I said, I mentioned the Cryptkins guy, so I'll probably put one of those. Uh, one question. Oh, <laughs> Fi, to save you time. Thank you, Fi. Uh, I'm still a little worried about the fact that I have that turned on, though. I'm going to get somebody going by. It's like, hey, come check out my Pornhub channel. It's like, no, no, we're not putting up that link. Um, going to have to edit that out. Oh. Last thing I always like to follow up with, uh, and I did give you a heads up on this before, I always like to do nothing against Amazon, but I do like to give out a shout out to a local independent bookstore. Who do you like to go to? I enjoy the Uncouth Buzzard. It is a small, local, little uh, store in Seattle's Greenwood neighborhood, um, and they have a, a really cozy, comfortable vibe. They have new books, and they have used books, and uh, the owner, Theo, is just really nice, so Perfect. I enjoy them. That will be down in the uh, links for the YouTube when this gets over there. Uh, obviously, I have to give a shout out because I live here in Omaha and actually used to work there to the bookworm. Um, I'm also going to give a shout out on a side one uh, because, and again, this is from previous, but apologies again. I totally screwed up the audio on Brian Freeman's, so I didn't end up posting it on YouTube, but I'm going to give a shout out to Once Upon a Crime up in Minneapolis. That's one that he wanted to mention. And Fi's like, Uncouth Buzzard, what a name. Uh, I know, right? Blanket Chief says, love Uncouth Buzzard. So I feel you got some local people in here uh, hanging out with you today. So that is pretty much it. I want to thank again, uh, everybody for stopping by. Like I said, if you want to hit the follow button, I appreciate it. If not, I don't blame anybody. It's totally fine. Um, but it'll make it easier to find next time if you want to come follow along as well. Uh, but like I said, I love talking to you, Elise. Um, also appreciated the uh, little side characters you had come in for the episode before we started here. Um, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> all, uh, little guy's got all the attitude. I'm just, I'm just letting you know now. It's like you, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't we know it? You, you, you've got some work cut out for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Will says they'll be following your career with great interest. I wanted to say Thank great you, work. Uh, Fi also said yes, great job. What I am going to do. Oh, sorry, I just got to read this. Fi, the uncouth peacock whom you rightfully murdered. <laughs> 
the uncouth peacock. I need to, I need to write that down. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let, uh, we'll see if, uh, what buzzard has to say about that later. Um, <laughs> but if anybody wants to do a uh, hangout for just a minute, you do not have to stay. I am wrapping this up, but what I'm going to do, and I'd, I don't know if anybody just created Twitch accounts to come see this, so you may not know this, uh, but what I'm going to do uh, as I leave is I'm going to raid a friend of mine who actually got me introduced on Twitch. Uh, he's not doing author events, so you may you may not want to stick around for this, but if you do want to hang out, uh, I'm just going to throw a little bit of viewership his way. It's called a raid, and basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to channel you all over to his channel. Feel free to say hi to him, and then like I said, uh, I know he's playing Elden Rings, so you can, like I said, if you want to bow out of that after that, feel free. I think that's it. Like I said, come check us out uh, on griftkin.com. A uh, link will be on the YouTube thing, but that'll get you to all my other stuff as well. Guys, thank you so much.